0: Hi, this is Caitlin McFarland, and this is Emily Gibson, and we're the co-executive directors of ATX Television Festival, and you're listening to The TV Campfire.
1: This season, we'll be bringing you some of our favorite panels from past festivals, along with behind-the-scenes commentary and some of our fondest memories about putting it all together, while also giving you an inside look to what's happening with this year's virtual festival, which we're calling ATX-TV From the Couch.
0: It's like a flashback episode and a spoiler alert all rolled into one. So get back on the couch, pour yourself a drink, and enjoy talking TV together. Emily, we started something. <laughs> <laughs> we did.
1: We started something, then we completed something, and we still have a lot of Oreos to prove it.
0: Yep, we do. I was referring to the new craze to give dogs Oreos, which I don't want to take credit for at all. Um, and I, you can't prove that I gave my dog one. Didn't do it on camera.
1: Nope. Nope. Someone may have seen it happen, but I'm not going to tell because I think that it's a good thing. That's
0: very true. Well, uh, it is Tuesday. You should know I've had no idea what day it is for many days, but it is Tuesday, June ninth.
1: <laughs> How many weeks until next year's festival? Oh, shut your face. I know that was mean. Oh I don't even know why God. I said it. I don't even know why I asked it. That was like
0: the wrong direction to start off with. But... Oh my goodness. Um, we wrapped the festival two days ago. And today we had a, <laughs> a version of a tradition that we have had for nine festivals, which is either the day after or two days after we have breakfast together and talk about the festival. Every other year, it has been at Magnolia Cafe on Lake Austin Boulevard. Yep. As of this year, that location is closed forever, which we have not dealt with the mourning
1: process of that. Nope. It obviously happened during pandemic because of pandemic, and we kind of
0: compartmentalized that one for a bit. Yep. But it is the one that has hurt the most in terms of institutions going away for us, I think. Our plan had been to order from Magnolia on South Congress, which is the only other location. And I went through a few stages of additional adjusting and pivoting and changing again, because first I found out that Magnolia just reopened for pickup last Wednesday, June 3rd, which at first I was relieved. I was like, oh my gosh, just in time. And they knew that we needed them. Exactly. And then I went on to see what the limited (laughs) menu was and they did not have the Magnolia Omelette on there, which is, we get the same thing every year too. I think that that's required. It's very important. They get the same thing every year and the Magnolia Omelette is part of it. And it was not on the short list of things that they would do. So I already adjusted our order to be a different omelette, but I was having trouble adding it to the cart And so then I went back to their website and they're not open on Monday and Tuesday. And as I previously said, today is Tuesday. (laughs) And it took me a very long time to put that together, but it was Tuesday and they were closed to, I did not, it took a while. And so we decided to change direction again and order from Kirby Lane Cafe, another Austin institution. So we're still supporting Austin. We're going to buy some gift cards to Magnolia to support them since they just reopened. Kirby did a very good substitution for us. It was not the same, but they had a similar omelet. They had the home fries, which were the ones that were the most different, bacon, orange juice, and a short stack of buttermilk pancakes.
1: The pancake was delicious. The whole thing was delicious. The pancake was on point.
0: Yeah, the pancake might be better than Magnolia, but Magnolia's omelet and home fries are better than Kirby. I have to say the truth. I will not lie.
1: Well, here's my question for you because you sent me the text message first this morning that said, alert. I said, brace brace yourself. yourself. There's no Magnolia omelet, which was a little bit of, oh no, what do we do? Just like throw in the towel. But we have now spent, which we'll talk about in a minute, three days of lots of little fires, some bigger fires, putting them out, making quick decisions. I mean, we were alive for three days. There were a lot of quick decisions being made. Did you have a moment of being purely paralyzed in a the plan has gone away and I don't know what to do and my brain space is like done making decisions.
0: I did a little bit. I was like, I, I literally, I love torchies too. But in terms of a, a filler, torchies was the only thing that popped into my head. And I think I said out loud, but I don't want torchies Because <laughs> we had <laughs> breakfast tacos on Sunday. As everyone who joined us knows, we shared some tacos with Phil. My mom graciously had the idea that last night, they wanted to buy us Roaring Fork food because that's normally what we eat at the end of the festival. And it took me a really long time to figure out that Roaring Fork was closed. I thought it was (laughs) Sunday. And I was like, oh, they're not open for lunch because it's Sunday. And then many hours later realized it was Monday and they should have been open. And then found out on Instagram that they closed on March 17th, hopefully not forever, but they're not doing takeaway And so then we got Lucy's Fried Chicken, which was really good, but also had its own set of problems.
1: (laughs) We did so well. We did so well over the three days, making decisions and keeping things rolling and changing directions, rolling with it, which is our new term. We have decided to let go of the word pivot because it has now been overused. So now it's roll with it. We're rolling with it. And we did so good over those three days. And we even did well this morning. We rolled with it. We had a great breakfast. It was very different than normal
0: sitting in your place. We'll post a picture of it, but that that was on top of the fact that it was Kirby and not Magnolia. We were not at the diner. We were at my dining room table. So I guess if it was gonna be different anyway, this would like it would have been weirder sitting at Kirby, not at Magnolia. And already it was gonna be different because the magnolia we sit in and our booth just doesn't exist anymore, which again, I haven't processed.
1: That's next. (laughs) Give yourself a little break, then you can process that.
0: Yeah. But um, we are, you know, mere 48 hours past the end of the festival. And we've been asked, how did it go? And how do we feel? And I said this a couple of times to you, I think, and probably to some other people, is so much of what we've always done, the very first festival and changing to virtual and then continuing this weekend in spite of everything that was going on. So much of what we do, I feel like, is in theory. In theory, I think this will work. In theory, I think people will come. In theory, I believe that this is important and the right thing to do. But at the end of the day, it's theories, it's guts, it's beliefs. How could we know? You know, like we have to have these conversations with each other and then decide that it's right to go forward. But in theory, like that's how it felt, like especially, you know, when we 10 weeks ago decided to do it virtually, it was in theory, I think we can make this translate and hold on to the intimacy and serve a community and at that point grow in a lot of ways. And then in the last two weeks now, probably with protests and Black Lives Matter and the revolution that is happening, which is amazing and we're so Supportive of and want to be a part of, and want to find the ways to learn and do better and be better, which we said a lot this weekend. We had to time and time again last week continue to ask that question and continue to answer it. And we said this in the intro to the festival, but I feel really around Saturday morning of the festival this weekend that we had made the right decision that it wasn't just in theory, but it was now in practice conversations that needed to be had, voices that needed to be heard. When John Legend told us that it was okay to be silly and laugh and that he meant Black culture has always gotten them through, it felt like permission in a lot of ways to see everything around it. And to know, for those of you that didn't know, especially with Sherman Showcase, all of the programming that we had in the festival, we had prior to the current events we announced some of it later and didn't necessarily have all of the pieces around it but none of the additional voices that were showcased during the weekend were added in the final days they were there already and it was that's not to pat us on the back but it is to say that those were always a part of television and always a part of the point and they just got a new version of attention luckily and rightfully this weekend and maybe they would have otherwise and i feel very proud of that
1: the whole reason that we continued was because of the programming it was because we already had it it was because it was already lined up and that we felt it would be such a huge disservice to these people and to these voices and to these causes that we cared so much about because they were already there and we had this platform to put them out on and we didn't want it. we didn't want to take that away and we wanted to use that and i feel like we went to the two weeks before really back and forth and really the week before thinking, is this, is this the right thing to do? Is this something that we should do? And there was such a fear of doing and saying the wrong thing, which I feel like a lot of people have right now. And there's a scramble that everyone wants to do something and say something. But then, I mean, you think of like blackout Tuesday and it was such a great impetus behind it. And then it all kind of, I don't think it went wrong because I think it made such a great statement, but it feels like a lot of people did it wrong because no one really knew what to do. There there wasn't
0: great messaging around the point was also part of it. You thought the point was to be quiet, but it wasn't.
1: (laughs) And everything kind of got messed up. And so when we really looked at, if we keep going, are people going to judge us? Are people going to think what we're doing is wrong? And we really had to look inside of ourselves and say, but what do we think is the right thing to do? And when we looked at our programming slate and looked at, Our community needing something so much to come together and a place where they can talk and be together. And whether it's taking a moment of levity and or taking a moment to just enjoy, you know, and laugh a little bit, taking a moment to have these conversations, there was just too much that was already there. And we knew that if we stopped or postponed or pushed, you just, the world is literally changing every second. So just push it a week or two weeks or a month, like we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen this weekend. Fortunately, in the best way, none of these protests are stopping and nothing's going away. So the fact was we needed to push on because we still had this platform and this gift to give to people and we wanted to be able to use it. And was that terrifying? Absolutely. But I think the thing that kept us going was the fact that We felt inside it was the right thing to do. I think that's where you kind of got to look at fear versus conviction is if we had the conviction that it was wrong and it was a time to sit down and not do anything, then we would have followed that. But that wasn't what it was.
0: I also think, I mean, you were saying this, this is just another way of saying it, is when asking that question, the reason, like when you said part of the reason we continued or the main reason we continued was because of that programming and those voices was exactly that, that in canceling we were also canceling them. And we had a number of, you know, specifically Black creators, Black cast, Black executives, but we also had extreme diversity throughout the weekend that we worked really hard for. And on top of that, and I think one of the things that's getting a lot of attention out of it was Marta Kaufman's comments um, on, on the showrunners panel. And I think that even if you aren't, you know, a Black voice, there there was a conversation to be had and that people needed to hear even if what they're hearing is i was wrong i wish i knew more i don't know what to do like there there gets to be multi levels of these conversations that every individual is trying to to do better and be better and find their way and it's hard and it's processing and i i guess that's it in the in the very you know tangent of a, how did it go? And how do you feel? It is that I still stand by those decisions we made and I don't regret them. And I don't, you know, varying degrees of success, but at the end of the day, the conversations mattered. And I'm so excited that now we get to release them as standalone panels and you people can watch them, rewatch them, share them, use whatever they need to to continue their experience, even if that is, we said the same thing as some of them were important conversations and some of them were just entertainment and joy. And both are needed right now. And beyond the Black Lives Matter movement, it is still a pandemic and there is still mental health and real like physical health and things like that that need to be dealt with. The need to get out and vote. Our
1: voter suppression and census The panel was so good. It was so good. And that was a, I mean, guys, election's still happening. Still got to get out there and vote. And that's how, I mean, that's the beginning of a lot of change that's needed is who's in office.
0: Yeah. And I think all of those things, it's why right now is so insane. And I still can't wrap my head around it is it's not just a social justice, civil rights revolution. It's not just a pandemic. It's not just an important election. It's not just whatever else is going on in your life that is hard because along with it, there was an earthquake in LA. There was a hurricane in Florida. My aunt was like, I have to stop watching because we've been told to take cover. Like, I mean, it is not just one thing. It's 49,000 things. And we do at the heart of it, believe and know and feel and experience that television can help with that. And that help can be anything from relief to education to understanding to connection. And that was always our hope in every festival and the virtual was no different. And so I love I love what we saw on the chat of YouTube during the weekend. We joked that it was like people standing in line and sharing and having a conversation. I love emails we've gotten and social media I've seen about people learning something and feeling like it had the ATX vibe to it. And I never know exactly how it happens, but I do feel it happened again in a very different way.
1: Yeah, I think the coolest part, I mean, the biggest, minus these last two weeks for everything kind of flipped on its head and focus, the focus became elsewhere. I feel like the biggest fear in doing a virtual festival was that we we wanted to provide something for our community. And so it was the it was the thing that we could do, but that we would lose the community aspect of it. It's on the internet. You don't know who's going to be there. You don't know what people are going to say. You don't know who's going to actually interact. And I really thought all the interactions were going to be on Twitter. I thought it was, that's where like the conversation is going to be on Twitter, and like that's where people are going to communicate with us. And the fact that the YouTube chat was so constant the whole time it was, you know, the same. There were people obviously coming in and out but i feel like there was a solid group of like 500 people that were there the whole time <laughs> that were just in and out chatting talking getting to know each other commenting on things and then other people could jump in and out and i was like this is so cool this is so cool and then on top of that we had attendees that had made zoom rooms and so they literally would turn it on in the morning, get up, say hi to each other and keep it on all day on one screen while they were watching the festival on the other. And so they were experiencing it together. And then we were able to pop into some of those Zoom rooms and say hi. I was able to bring Matt Lauria and Nick Wexler into a couple for them to say hi. And like, just, it really felt the community in a way that I, I hoped for, but had no idea
0: how it was going to work. And it done. Absolutely. And the other thing with the chat, we all joked about this. So both days, so we ended up showing P Valley from stars, the Q and a or the panel for that twice. We showed it on Saturday and Sunday, Saturday, it got cut off, but you know, as we joked, but also was real teaser for Sunday. <laughs> um, but that cast went into the YouTube chat on both Saturday and Sunday. And like, even after it was over on Sunday, stuck around. And we all joked that if it was physical festival they would have been the ones that were the last on the balcony the last in the lobby the like
1: they would have been the bells of the ball (laughs) they would have gone to everything they would have been that group that was friends with everyone by the end of it like that absolutely
0: yeah I thought it was amazing I think I was looking at sort of some of the other things in terms of the festival like I think the thing that is also very specific to just any festival is you get to the end of it and you're like, what happened? And somebody (laughs) has to like remind you of like what the fire was on any one given day or what the adrenaline high was on any one day. And I think for you and me, it's even bigger because we did so many pre records. It was almost a 10 day festival for us. There were certain days where we had four or five prerecords in one day and they were happening at the same time, which very much felt like the festival. The physical one, where you oh, yeah. you in, you intro something and you run next door to, to do something else. We were <laughs> yep. doing that. Our biggest example of that was that we were there was overlap in recording Perry Mason and Mandalorian. I feel like Perry happened. Perry started first. Perry, first. Perry okay. started first. Yeah. So Perry started first. We gathered everybody there. I mean, for ourselves, it was like Tatiana Maslany, Matthew Reese, John Lithgow. I personally have a creative crush on Susan Downey. So as soon as she showed up, it's like, great. There's like 12 of them on this thing. Did the intro for that, which was very much a heartfelt opening night intro that we do in Austin every year. And I actually had nerves. I thought I wouldn't be shaking. And I kind of was. Yep. Uh, knowing that they could all hear me, our intro, like they were all there. So we were doing it for this panel and for the HBO executives and everybody listening. We also had been given the heads up that Robert Downey Jr. would probably be popping in at the end, which he did. So I had this just like sense of who could hear me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But we started that. And then as that's going on, we started Mandalorian, which... John Favreau was the first one in. (laughs) Yes, he was very prompt. Very prompt. We were talking about Franklin's barbecue and Austin and food and like just having these like green room conversations and started them off, which obviously also included Taika Waititi, which we're very excited about. And so at some point there's that group and Perry Mason happening at the same time. And it's like a mini Iron Man situation, knowing that John (laughs) Favreau is over here and Robert Downey Jr. is over here. And then. As Perry ends, Robert Downey Jr. jumps in and then says our names and I lost my mind. (laughs) (laughs) And then you
1: turned on the camera, jumped back into the Zoom as they were wrapping up and I'm sitting there going, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? And then you waved and then you hung up. And I was like, wait, you don't pop back in and then hang up on
0: Robert Downey Jr. And that's what you did. And there that's was our what moment. I did. That was what I did. And then I, I literally, if I did anything wrong and could I regret anything, could do anything differently. It was that because we heard that he stuck around and our director producer on the tech side was chatting with him and his little girls who obviously know who Iron Man are. He, he was like, who are, who are the little ones? And got to talk to them for a while, which I'm so like, it's another festival kind of moment that I think is very cool. Although I'm also very jealous that <laughs> I hung up on him. <laughs> yep. Yep. Rude. So there's that, Robert. I'm sure you don't listen to our podcast, but just so you know, <laughs> I regret it and I'm sorry. And you don't care. <laughs> but we had those moments, like throughout the way. Like there were festival things that felt the live things we did get to do, like talking to John Legend beforehand and him asking about Lovecraft, which I thought was really. Oh, that cool. was really
1: funny. Oh, those Sherman Showcase, that Sherman Showcase group, they uh, love them so much. That they got on beforehand, and we were getting to talk about the fact that they closed out season eight of ATX, and we got to talk about their experience there. And they were just so grateful that we showcased the show last year and that we're doing it again, and just to like kind of catch up with them. Oh, they're so fun.
0: They were so fun. And then the other live things we did, we did the showrunners panel on Sunday, which I was waiting every day for it to fall apart because so many live things had fallen apart. And it didn't, and it stayed. And those women were amazing. Robin Thede is, please come to the festival next year. I just am obsessed with her. Yep. Um, she was new to our orbit along with Liz Feldman, but then had Julie Pleck and Marta Kaufman as the veterans. And they were all processing out loud. And it was a beautiful, intimate thing that happened live on Sunday. And I loved that. I think that's the other thing we, we said early on, with a virtual festival, that the thing that we weren't sure we could do, but saw as the bar was intimacy. Could it feel like you were having these conversations with these people? And I think the two times it felt the most like that for me was the conversation with Justin Thoreau and Ann Dowd, mm-hmm. which just felt and it was a conversation between the two of them catching up. They, ha- they love each other. They're real friends. They loved the leftovers. They have a real connection and a real bond. And they kind of forgot we were there. At one point, I popped in to say, okay, guys, you can, if you want, we can do this like last prompt. And Justin was like, no, we're, we're good we're still talking. (laughs) We're still talking. (laughs) We're still talking. We're like, great.
1: You guys keep talking all you want. We'll just sit here. It's no big deal. Yeah.
0: And then when they actually hung up, Justin was like, Ann, I'm just, Annie, I'm just going to hang up and call you back for real. Okay. Talk to you in a second. Bye. And like, they called each other back. Like it felt like you were getting to FaceTime or zoom with them. My other favorite part of Justin was when he got to meet Dexter. Oh, that is true. Dexter and Kuma are from very close towns. They're from the same county in Texas, Montgomery County. Kuma's from Conroe, Texas, and Dexter's from like spring, as far as we know. I mean, they could have crossed over just depending on where, what animal rescue they ended up in. Cause Justin adopted Kuma after Hurricane Harvey. And it was like a big deal for Conroe. <laughs> <laughs> but I got to tell him that and have him meet Dexter and it was really cute. But the other time it felt really intimate to me personally was the conversation with the Good Lord Bird because Ethan Ethan was also the first one on oh, no he wasn't Joshua Joshua was. yeah yeah Joshua was. but when Ethan came on, I had this wave. we had some tech difficulties before it started and so there was about thirty minutes where James McBride, Ethan Hawk, and Joshua Caleb Johnson were just talking and another thing that we popped in and said, don't worry, like we're fixing it, but you guys can turn off your cameras if you want. And Ethan was like, no, we're fine. We're talking in a kind way, not in a rude (laughs) way. (laughs) Ethan is such a child of the nineties. Ethan is just so familiar to me that like he is, he is that guy. And just, there was such a comfort to seeing him be that guy and have conversations about what's going on right now. And then when that panel started, which we just recorded a couple of days before the festival, so things were happening, was so fired up and needed. And hearing James McBride speak and Sarah Rodman and the subject matter of the show is about John Brown, who was an abolitionist, who is also crazy. But this concept that is very timely to right now, it was so needed for me personally that day and made me feel... Exactly that fired up to say as a country like we need this. So I think programming wise, I'm just I'm very proud of what we produced in terms of conversations.
1: Well, I'm very grateful for the people that showed up
0: that they that they knew that they had something
1: to say and they knew they had something to contribute and they they stuck to it and they said these great insightful wonderful things. But then they also made us laugh a lot. I mean, there's just, there's such joy also, which I honestly, I think the thing that was also most, not most surprising to me, but that I wasn't sure, especially in the lead in days, I was like, is this going to be fun for us? Because during the (laughs) festival, I mean, we've had our ups and downs throughout the festival years. And there's definitely the one festival where we looked at each other and we're like, I don't know if I'm having fun right now. I think I just want to go to bed. But I was going into this week and I was like, I don't we're going to do this and we're going to get through it. And I feel that we're providing something really special and that people need right now. And I want to give this to them, but I don't know personally if I'm going to enjoy this. And I really had moments of great fun. Like there were really these moments of laughter and joy and sitting and listening to all the conversations. Fortunately, we had heard a lot of the pre records So even during that, we could be keeping up with other things and the last minute dropouts that we had to shift and change and figure out tech stuff. But I really, there was that adrenaline of a live show, obviously, because it was live. But then there were just like some really great fun moments that I wasn't sure was going to happen even for us personally. And Mm -hmm. it really happened. Also, which people may not know during the normal festival, I usually don't eat at all. Not because I don't want to, but because I'm running around and I'll take a bite of something and then put it down and then it goes away and I don't know what happens to it. We ate very well throughout yeah, we these days. The,
0: the other part of it that you mentioned, I think in the middle of the festival, if not at the end, we don't see each other during the festival at all, really. We pass each other, we make sure that Someone's taking care of a fire opening and closing night. We do the intros, but we just really don't see each other. And I saw you a lot. (laughs) You
1: know, I feel like there wasn't much time I didn't see you, if we're going to be honest. And that was actually really nice. That was we really experienced it together where I feel like normally, which is also like a big difference on our Tuesday breakfast. We're normally sitting there going, okay, what happened to you during the weekend? Here's what happened to me. Let's share stories. Let's figure out, (laughs) let's piece it all together. And this, we actually really experienced the whole thing together. And even the talking points and the intros and you know all the the making the decisions together, because usually we're also making decisions separately because there's so much going on. There are separate fires we're putting out. And this was a pretty streamlined. There were a lot of fires, but they were one after the other. So we were there to put them out together. And that was really nice.
0: Yeah. I think even the most that we kind of separated was the day or two going in to it. Like the phone would ring. I'd be on the phone. Somebody be calling me. I'm like, can you call him back? Like there was a little bit of like divide and conquer. But once the thing was off and running, I mean, we went on walks not long ones but each morning and kind of like talked about what our headspace was and how, what we wanted to talk about that day as as we went through the day each live segment segment was very much in the moment and in a reaction to what was going on around us and and trying to be as um to use the word again intimate but like transparent about who we were and what we were feeling and um to do that together was very different and very nice I I think, That was also a surprise. I hadn't thought about what that experience would be like. And now we get to, it's funny, people often ask like about the day after the festival and, oh, are you resting now? Are you done? And it's like, in some ways, no, we're not actually at all. (laughs) (laughs) But, But also it does slow down. It is a little quieter. And I don't, I personally, it's not my personality type, full stop would be disorienting to me. (laughs)
1: <laughs> we couldn't, we couldn't do it. We sleep for a long periods of time, but as soon as we're up, there's, there's, there's too much happening. It's too much yeah. going on in our heads and too much to do that.
0: Yeah. And there has to be, work. we, we also are uh, even more than before, you know, we didn't get our goodbyes in the lobby where we got to see people's faces and hear from them. We saw them on the chat and things like that, but panelists and things like that, it's just a little different. So We are getting like emails today or text messages. We got some of them throughout the weekend. But we can get insecure and be like, I mean, I I believe that this went well. Do they think it went well? Are they uh, do you know? And there's a little bit of a vacuum that ends up happening. So there's an emotional, I need to kind of keep going because if I don't, I'll stop. And that quiet, that vacuum will fill my head. So it's been nice. I mean, I think. Yesterday, we slowed down a lot. We, you know, we talked to YouTube actually to to learn about our numbers and analytics. We talked to Jen and Laura on our team about like what we need to get done this week. Then I slept for like 10 hours, which was glorious. (laughs) After watching Insecure, because you all, if you watch the festival, I thought it was over. It wasn't. Thank you, Candace. (laughs) <laughs> like what? a surprise. You had two more episodes. Like what a great surprise. One of them's not even out yet. One of them's going to be on Sunday. That's awesome. Last night's episode or Sunday's episode was directed by Carrie Washington, which I thought was really cool. It was a nice little treat. But now we're working on the release schedule, which we've, we're also rolling with it. And originally thought that we would release these things, these things, the programming over... <laughs> <laughs> Those things. these things. Those, that thing that happened. Yeah, the thing we made over the next like three months and it would be really slow, but over the weekend realized given everything going on in the world, you know, we, we didn't get to promote the festival in the way that we had originally intended to. We We didn't feel it was appropriate to. So now working with partners around a little bit more flexible timing, but getting these conversations out there. And so the majority of them are going to get out this week and next week, there'll be a few more that are tied to premieres in July, but the majority of them are going to be out like one or two a day for the next two weeks. And I'm really excited about that and what that means. And that if you went to the festival, you can curate your own order of events and rewatch things if you want. If you didn't and make it share to the festival. And share them. Yeah. If you didn't make That's it the to the festival. That's the big thing is I feel, yeah, people were talking
1: right afterwards about these conversations and now you can really almost immediately share them with your friends. There's such great talking points in them and the discussion starters, and even just laughs to be shared that you can easily now do that. And which is very
0: cool. Yeah. And so I'm excited to see how that goes and how those are shared and we're starting with the feature length programming, but we'll get to some of the interstitial content. I know people ended up really loving the one-on-one interviews and we have longer versions of them. I feel so proud of that. You're and sure. I, I literally was like, we have time to fill.
1: I have this idea. Actually, Julie Plack had this idea, but I think it's great. So I'm going to try and get all these one-on-ones and then in between general programming, hopefully it'll entertain people while they're waiting for the next thing. And I mean, they were, some of them were written up. They were, uh, people got excited. People wanted to see them again. I was like, huh, Oh, written this, up, like, this press, worked in a way that I think,
0: you mean oh press yeah, press right now. Sorry, not yeah, yeah. like,
1: yes, yes. That um, now I'm like, okay, let's do more of these. Yep. This is a great series. And I think we could actually, a lot of people were very interested and in then we just ran out of time. So I have a long list of people that are all up for, for participating. So
0: yeah, I, I think, think that, that's cool. I think that'll continue. I'm also excited to, you know, continue to build this virtual community. As people following along know, a lot of our live stuff didn't work this weekend and but they still want to do it, whether it's Scrubs or Cougartown, the life unexpected script reading. There's just a bunch of stuff that I think the concept of doing more year-round events last year that were in LA and New York are now gonna be virtual. And I'm excited to see where that goes and how it lives on and Hopefully everybody helps us share those things and, and we get to serve a bigger audience, which, you know, you guys, if you wondered the thing that we can't do, it's market. We're not good marketers. <laughs> it's just nope. not in our in our wheelhouse. We've got good brand. We've got good design. We've got great conversations. If anyone's out there that wants to help us with marketing, please let me know. I don't, it's it's, it's, our, it's our We don't point. know. We, we just don't, don't know. know. We don't know. So hopefully that helps grow there. Also on those releases that we're doing, we're we're not sure when it will end, but for now, uh, our fundraiser that we did all weekend for to raise money for direct relief, the Actors Fund and Color of Change is going to continue. So you will see that donate button on the releases that are coming now. So hopefully we'll get to raise some more money. We've been sort of strategizing a little bit with YouTube and they've told us That the majority of viewerships and donations don't happen live. So we're really even, they were impressed that we raised $6,500 during the weekend, but they said that that happens even stronger as it goes on. So we're excited to do that. Same with generally the content itself. So I'm excited to see where it goes, you know? Same. And I will say,
1: uh, for those of you that were contributing, so that Dexter could get treats. So we decided midway through, someone suggested on the YouTube chat that in order to encourage people to participate and donate, that every time someone, a single person donated $100, Dexter would get a treat. Dexter loved this idea. He did. And uh, he got a lot of treats throughout the weekend. Now, good news, bad news is a lot of people donated $100, which was very cool. We didn't want to give Dexter treats. For every hundred dollars at some point because i think he would have gotten a little sick so we're spreading them out some so he is still getting treats he got a pancake today he did well that yeah so this morning i gave him part of our kirby lane pancake because felt like that felt right so he will keep getting them we will keep showing them on our insta story and i feel like even now as uh the fundraising continues he's gonna he's still gonna benefit from it that's a good encouragement
0: i know this was i opted into this so i'm not totally shirking my responsibilities but you guys have totally spoiled him and dinner last night which i wasn't (laughs) planning on sharing any of he was looking at me like lady did you not get the memo give me some of the chicken what's wrong with you
1: now you're going out of town this weekend and so dexter is staying with his auntie m and (laughs) we'll see what kind of (laughs) what kind of spoiling he gets this weekend from me yeah there's that too I still have a whole thing of Oreos. Oh dear, you do. Uh, I know, I know. I promise don't worry about it. We're going to be fine. (laughs)
0: Um, I will say people tend to ask us, when do we get to work on season 10? Uh, I don't know is a short answer, except that we have a lot of programming from season nine that's already booked for season 10. So I actually don't have to think about it for a long time.
1: I know that's the best news is we can actually really focus on some of the year round things that will be happening over the next few months and do those every few weeks. We have some other ideas of things that we want to release and how we want to do that, that because we have so much programming that already is booked for season 10, which feels amazing. We don't really have to really dive in
0: until mid fall. Yep. Looking at that. Yep. We've definitely bought ourselves some time. Also, I mean... I don't want to be oblivious. We got to see what we get to do in season 10. Guys, this, this pandemic is not over. Do not fool yourself. (laughs) Sorry. I know that's a bummer, but I I just, just, I feel like you just brought it down a little bit. (laughs) I just feel like we are planning and going ahead as normal, but I just don't know sorry. You know,
1: let's, let's end on a happier note, which is I brought you a present today. I let's talk about the present that I brought you. I have saved everyone. This is a big deal. I saved two Reese's peanut butter eggs from Easter for this moment, specifically the podcast recording that's post the festival. My,
0: that's the sound of my face. And,
1: uh, I mean, you did accidentally see them the other day and you're like, how do you still have these? And I had to tell you, forget that you saw them. Forget (laughs) that they're there because I wanted it to be a surprise. But I saved these specifically for this, which feels like the ultimate self-control as well.
0: It it totally is. And I think what I said was, oh my God, I'm so impressed. How do you still have some of these Reese's peanut butter eggs? And you said, oh man, it was supposed to be a surprise. To which I say, don't leave them very visible in your pantry that you know I go into on a regular basis.
1: I only had so much brain space. (laughs) I only had enough brain space to know I wanted to save them and surprise you not that I needed to hide them because I probably would have lost them had I tried to hide them. That is actually
0: true. You'd forget that they existed and that you wanted to them. I know, and then they'd be melted somewhere, and I would be so sad. I'm very excited for these. I'm going to wait to eat it because we did just eat a bunch of pancakes, and it does feel like gold a little bit because... I know we got to wait a little bit so we can really enjoy it. Yeah. I also wanted to end on the note because I made such a big deal about it on Sunday that I still had my voice and technically you can hear me, but it is definitely going away, which is kind of (laughs) shocking considering it all. I mean, I guess I still talked a lot this weekend, but
1: yeah, but normally at the festival, this is going to sound weird. You have to yell a lot at the festival just because we're in, crowded spaces mm-hmm. with a lot of voices so you mm-hmm. have to really project and fortunately we didn't have to do that this weekend so maybe that was a little bit of why it's not as bad it's, well
0: i know yeah i mean i thought though my the part that is shocking is that it's even this bad like i'd be like shouldn't we just be normal this just feels like
1: you know scratchy there is no normal there haven't is- you learned that about <laughs> the world there's no normal
0: um normal is will- gone <laughs> That's the end. Reese's being a bird egg and normal is gone. Uh, Well, Emily, I think the ending on Reese's is the absolute and and that nothing is normal is absolutely the way that we should sign (laughs) off. Um, The people should know that we will be releasing podcasts from the virtual TV from the couch festival. Um, But we don't know exactly when we'll start doing that. And we're going to be around, but you know, stay tuned, I guess. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Stay subscribed, stay following <laughs> us on all
1: the social media accounts because we will be releasing content and we'll be releasing honestly, even some of the shorter conversations, the interstitials may, may be podcast first. Yep. You know, we may think of something fun to do with those that encourage podcast listening and um, give you guys something short, but fun to listen to throughout the summer.
0: Sounds great. I'll see you downstairs. (laughs) Okay, sounds good.
1: This season of the TV Campfire is produced by ATX Television Festival in collaboration with Anthony Luciani and AJ Myers. For more information on this year's festival, go to atxfestival.com or check out our social media at ATX Festival.